1: GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's nflsundayticket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get nflsundayticket.tv, an unmatched dual threat.
0: Raise the tackle, watch out, burst of speed, look at this freshman. Welcome to the home of professional football, Canton, Ohio.
2: Hello and welcome to another episode of the College DeCanton Podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. I'm your host, Travis May, and if you're joining us for the first time, College DeCanton is a show where we talk about everything from college football recruiting to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. and We always talk some fantasy football, but we also make sure to dive into some real college football and NFL analysis, too. And Last week, we talked about the state of college football and this weird season that we're about to have and and drafted the top 10 college football program's based on how well we believe their current players will do in the NFL one day and this week we'll be digging into some Hall of Fame playmakers kind of going in the other direction we've been talking a lot of college this summer but want to talk some NFL analysis and some current players that have already done enough that we we think they're probably going to make it to Canton and some other players that were you know they're still maybe quite young but they're on track uh, to make the Hall of Fame as well and we'll tackle whether or not they have the surrounding personnel to help them get there too. And of course, we'll, we'll dive in, in into things as far as uh, fantasy football goes and how each and every one of these players' values uh, should be assessed in the coming seasons. To help me dive into this topic this week, I'm joined by a very special guest, Mike Randall, at Randall Rant on Twitter. He does work with the Action Network. Uh, I guess you did the Roto Underworld Draft Kit this year. Uh, you uh, host the roto Mailbag Show, I and mean, actually I hopped on with, that with you here recently, Mike. But uh, you're a busy man doing a lot of things all at once, but uh, thanks for joining me.
1: Yeah, it's an honor that you had me on. Uh, you killed it on the road of his mailbag. So I really have to bring my A game here, but you set me up because you hit topics that are very close to my heart, particularly the Hall of Fame. But Travis, you're doing an awesome job, man. Podcast is great. Happy to be here.
2: Good, hey, I'm glad to have you on. It was a lot of fun uh, jumping on that show, covering everything from uh, favorite cereal to uh, to some really pressing uh, NFL issues. So that's always fun. I'm just pumped to have NFL football, any, any football back. I'm yep. ready for something. Aren't you?
1: Oh, totally ready. I'll take anything. I mean, the fact that I put out a tweet yesterday... We're only 21 days away. It's fantastic. I put out my rankings, and of course, I got lit up like a Christmas tree for putting that out. But <laughs> that's the fun part, right? We yeah. welcome the criticism. We welcome the debate. That's what Sigmund Bloom said on the Mailbag Pod. We we want debate here. So to be yeah. able to even talk about it is fantastic.
2: Yeah, and I think I'm sure we're you and I are probably going to disagree <laughs> here uh, shortly on some Hall of Fame players and, and takes, and even the players around them, maybe. Uh, but I'm, I'm excited to just get your take on some Hall of Fame players and players that are already on that track and have very, very young age. And uh, I'm going to reference throughout the show some of the uh, polls that I actually put up on the College to Canton. Uh, Twitter had had 20 polls, had great results. I think every single one of the polls had at least 60 votes. Plenty of uh, good sample sizes for these just to see where uh, the consensus was on uh, if players are already going to make the Hall of Fame or if they're ever going to make the Hall of Fame. So that was a lot of fun. But before we dive into the topic, got to hit my FFPC stat attack of the week, the best place to play year-long season-long fantasy football seven of the top eight receivers all time in receiving yards per game are actually all current nfl players if we count antonio brown as active that is but mike i'm curious if you can guess the other six wide receivers on that list
1: Oh, this is very exciting. No prep on this one at all. So here we go, folks. <laughs> this will be fun. Uh, Hopkins has to be on there.
2: Yep, yep. And this is receiving yards per game. So it's not like just all career longs per game numbers. So, yep, Hopkins is number eight. And Antonio right. Brown is number five, by the way.
1: All right. Uh, you said there seven of the top eight are currently Current, active. So the yes. one that's not active has got to be Calvin Johnson,
2: right? That is absolutely Calvin Johnson. You're correct. You know, somebody I
1: don't like a lot in fantasy, but... You know, the 1,000-yard seasons have just been dominant since he entered the league. Mike Evans has to be there, right?
2: Oh, absolutely. Mike Evans is up there. He's actually averaging over 80 yards per game career. He's number six. Calvin Johnson's fourth, by the way. So we got Calvin Johnson, four. Antonio Brown, five. Mike Evans, six. DeAndre Hopkins, eight. The top three and number seven are still remaining. Michael Thomas, of course. Yeah, Michael Thomas. I mean, he had, what, 150 catches last year. So, yeah, that that probably helped him out. 87.5 yards per game career. That's number two.
1: Is Odell Beckham there, Travis? Is he still hanging around even though he's still hanging around?
2: Yes, he is. His his first year, you know, he had like a. we look back at the raw like per season numbers and, and his his first year was really impressive. But he missed the first four games. So it's even more impressive when you look at the, the just ridiculous stats he was putting up early on. So, yeah, he's 86.8 yards per game. So all you're missing is number one overall and number seven. This is fascinating. Devontae Adams there or no? No, and you know Devontae Adams has ah. been a touchdown machine. But you know I'm impressed. That, that was the first one you missed. I'll go ahead and give you the last two. Julio Jones is number yes, one. Julio. Because I, when you look back at the early parts of his career, a lot of people were uh, you know, concerned with, like I, I think, back in 2011, 2012, when Roddy White was still there. They were talking about the soft tissue yeah. injuries that Julio Jones was having. He missed a lot of games. But since then, he's absolutely dominated 96.2 yards per game, almost 10 more yards per game than any other wide receiver in NFL history and number seven is AJ Green surprisingly ah, uh, that's yeah. the one
1: you know I, yeah. I, I was looking at the late round guys, so I was trying to get the outlier oh uh, AJ, yeah. yes
2: yeah but no because and I think with with that it's easy to forget that he's been so dominant because two out of the last three years he's missed so much time so it's just it's crazy and we'll get to him and, and whether he's deserving of the hall of fame discussion here shortly but let's dive in continue with wide receivers with the Hall of Fame playmakers debate here. I I, I kind of wanted to start off with the players that I thought were already in. So obviously the current active players still automatically in Larry Fitzgerald has to be in the conversation you know he's he's up there behind like only two players all time in terms of receiving yards I mean really realistically he's he's in the GOAT conversation he's probably not anybody's number one overall you know not very many at at least so yeah Larry Fitzgerald any debate there for you uh, with him being a, a hall of famer
1: no, and I'll answer this, Travis, is I'm a hard mark. I'm going to answer these questions in twofold. Number one, would I put them in? And number two, do I think they will get in? Because there is a chasm of difference yeah. between that from what i found.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. My,
1: go, my go-to for the narrative-based subjective people out there is what goes on the plaque. And I'm not going to – I just want to mention one player from baseball and then we'll come back. Bert Blylevin is in the Hall of Fame. And if you look at his plaque, Travis, it mentions him being Dutch – and talks about his knee-bending curveball. Those are not reasons to be in the (laughs) Hall of Fame. You need to have stuff. Yeah. So with Fitzgerald, does he get in? Of course he gets in. He gets in mine, yours, and everybody's. Why? He led the league in receptions twice, 2005, 2016. He led the league in receiving touchdowns twice, and he's got five seasons over 100 receptions and nine seasons over 1,100 yards. He's absolutely in.
2: Yeah, that and that's what that's what really matters. Like, like the the longevity, I think it matters to an extent, but the 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 top end ceiling of of just impressive all pro just consistency is is tough to come by. And so, obviously Fitzgerald, first name, there's no question. But moving on to a player who's still got probably you know maybe two, three, four years in him still left. I mentioned Julio Jones having about ten yards more than any other wide receiver per game. In NFL history, yes, he's in the past friendliest era ever, but he's still outpacing even the most impressive current players to date. So, for you, is it kind of a no-brainer? Like, would you like to see him doing it? Like, what does he still have to do?
1: No, Julio's in, and he's in because, and you can't compare across eras. And we'll get into this a little bit later. Maybe we talk about quarterbacks, but it's different. It's a different time. It's a different system. If you took Art Monk and you placed him now, he'd probably have 130 catches a year. So you, you can't go by that. But Julio Jones has been one of the best receivers in his era, maybe the best, period. No debate. Led the league in receiving yardage once, 2015, That's uh, and he had 136 receptions that year. That's a spicy meatball. That's a lot of receptions. <laughs> so I know he only led it once, but that was a really big year. You talked about it, most receiving yards per game. That does it on its own. He led the league in receiving yards twice. He had 1,871 receiving yards in that big year. That was second only to Calvin Johnson, I think. And he led the league three times in receiving yards per game. Plus, he went to the Super Bowl and Travis had that catch that should have went down in Super Bowl history. Oh, it's one man. of the greatest catches ever, but of course it won't. Yes, Julio is a slam dunk Hall of Famer, one of the greatest receivers of all time.
2: Absolutely. I, and I don't want to spend too much time on the slam dunks, but man, you nailed every bullet point. I think you could. All pro, two seasons, like just absolutely outstanding, on, on pace to easily eclipse 1,000 career receptions as well. So, just, I mean, any way you want to slice it up, maybe you want to pick apart his touchdown percentage or whatever, but uh, that's, that's, incredibly nitpicking an absurd playmaker glad to see him still making ridiculous plays uh for for the for the Falcons now I do want to speak to how he probably caps Calvin Ridley uh, a little bit just because I I keep seeing Calvin Ridley you know, he's going to break out, he's going to break out, it's going to break out from some people, and I'm thinking Calvin Ridley is actually going to be capped by Julio, his entire rookie contract, and when he finishes up his rookie contract, he's already going to be like 27 years old, so what are you doing with Calvin Ridley? He's not in the Hall of Fame conversation, obviously, but Julio affects him in a big way and still does, so what happens with him? What are you doing with Calvin Ridley in your fantasy football leagues?
1: That is a superior question. I talked about this with Evan Silva on the first mailbag. He loves Ridley this year. This is the issue. I think that there is a path. I'm higher than consensus on Ridley. I I understand he... Doesn't get a lot of yards after catch, which is odd. You would think a player like like, with his skill set would. But Julio Jones does have a history of nagging injuries, and he is getting older. I'm usually not a big overrating the injury guy. Like Will Fuller, I love this year. I don't really care if he's injury prone because I don't want to miss the year that Will Fuller gets 16 games in. There you go. But (laughs) you have to at least incorporate the fact that Julio does get nicked up from time to time. I Muhammad Sanu is not there anymore. I don't know if Hayden Hurst is a one for one replacement for Austin Hooper, so I do see a path to more targets for Ridley. I think they're going to have to pass a lot. Atlanta, they have a difficult schedule. I get it. So I'm higher on Ridley than consensus. I see the concerns, though. I, I'm not saying he's an alpha wide receiver one, but do I think Calvin Ridley in that offense, if Julio's nicked up a little bit? could find a path to low-end wide receiver one? Yes, I do. It's probably in the upper quartile of outcomes. <laughs> right. But yeah, I, I like Calvin Ridley. I, I think he's solid because that could be, when all said and done, if Hurst is not really a Hooper replacement, a consolidated thielen digs like target share.
2: Yeah, and and we've seen every single year you got like what four tandems that that are all you know give us two top twenty four wide receivers and and Ridley's already kind of done that already, uh kind of snuck in that range and I think he can he can do it again but yeah I'm just I'm just thinking you know when he was initially drafted uh, I think a lot of people were thinking man wherever he goes he he could be the team's wide receiver one he he just might not be that and that's okay but he can still give you some some fantasy goodness I think for me he's around that wide receiver 18 19 ish range that's for fair. yeah for, that's fair yeah. for this year and maybe next year just as long as Julio's still contributing in a big way but yeah i, I think it it hurts when you have to share the field with somebody that great but I think that offense because of the volume will prop up at least two guys and perhaps Hayden Hurst, like you mentioned. So that, that should be a lot of fun. Going back to Fitzgerald, I think with DeAndre Hopkins, he's somebody who's on a ridiculous pace to, to build that Hall of Fame type resume. Obviously, he's not there if he like retired today. I don't think a lot of people would be like, oh yeah, DeAndre Hopkins is a you know a, a in Hall of Famer. But are you concerned about his market share in a new situation, new quarterback, but Joe's still there. They have Christian Kirk, who's a really reliable target. You know, who knows how they're going to implement uh, the you know running back targets this year with a full season of healthy uh, Kenyon Drake. Hopefully, are you worried about his market share this season and 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 concerned as far as like his future produ- uh, production in a new situation?
1: I am. I, I like Hopkins for the Hall of Fame. He's never led the league in receptions, but he's got three years of 100 or more. He also led the league in, t- in receiving touchdowns in 2017. I am worried because I, I use the Rotoviz projection machine that we have here, just a great suite of tools. But the projection machine I love using you know, you set up your players, you come up with how many attempts Murray's going to have, you come up with a catch rate for each player. Every time I do a Travis, I can't get DeAndre Hopkins to a top 10 wide receiver finish. I can't. I Man. He's a, a fantastic receiver. He's awesome. He's had terrible uh, quarterbacks over his career. Tom Savage. I mean, come on. But I can't get him there because I do value Christian Kirk. I do think Fitzgerald is going to get a decent amount of yards. I mean, around 500, give or take. So if that's the case, I can't get him there. Kenyon Drake's going to catch a lot of passes. I like him. I think he's solid. I think maybe second half of the year he comes on. But don't be surprised if you see fantasy articles after week three going, what's wrong with DeAndre Hopkins? No preseason, no rapport. uh, Wide receivers that change teams never acclimate right away. I don't like him where he's being drafted. I don't have him in my top 12 draft wide receiver rankings. I just don't see a path with the numbers to get there. Unless you think Kyler Murray is going to absolutely slam, in which case I get it and draft Kyler
2: Murray. I think Kyler Murray just benefits the most from this. Having uh, New Hopkins on your team and a Hall of Famer and Larry Fitzgerald uh, Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk and a good running back. It's just... uh, just that feels like a perfect situation for him to succeed, but man, yeah, I, I'm concerned about his market share because when he has just absolutely been a slam dunk wide receiver, it's been when when he's seen 163 or more targets. That's that's when Nuke has done done his best. Like he, he did pretty well, I think, his second season. He only had 127 tar- only only had 127 targets that season. But even when he gets up to 150 here recently and a few years back. Uh, he, he just needs that volume. So if he doesn't have that volume, if he comes down to more like a 120 range, we've seen Chris Godwin, we've seen Mike Evans still find uh, efficiency within their game, even though Mike Evans has a lower catch percentage due to where he's targeted. Uh, but we've seen those kind of wide receivers succeed on 120 targets, still put up wide receiver one seasons on a per game basis. But I'm concerned that nu- Nuke actually might drop down to like wide receiver 12 to 15 range where, you know, where I think a lot of people are expecting him to be a top five guy so yeah I, th- I think there are some real concerns with him but i i think what he's already done three seasons in a row all pro uh i mean just already over 600 receptions and the dude's still 27 8600 total receiving yards already there's no way at all he's not going to get to 10,000 receiving yards 100. and he's probably going to coast past that uh, obviously he's he's doing something right so i'm not really concerned about him not making the hall of fame but i think We're going to get to some names here I think we are a little bit more worried about. A.J. Green, I mentioned before. Are are people going to just look back, especially if he has an injury-riddled season this year, and and look at a resume, although his, his ceiling has been incredibly impressive, you know, obviously a top 10 wide receiver all the time in terms of yards per game. What if he does have like another half season this year? Are you, are you concerned he might not make the hall of fame or, or could you see him having a resurgence uh, where the ceiling is so high with, with perhaps Burrow at, at the helm now that uh, he gets in one day?
1: Boy, this is a, this is a tough one. I would put him in. I, I think AJ, again, AJ Green has been one of the best receivers in football every year of his career. Ernie yeah. Banks didn't win a world series. But we can't go back and give him a World Series, but we can yeah. acknowledge that he was one of the best players in baseball. That's what A.J. Green has been. Listen, I think this year is a big year. If he has a solid year this year, I think it cements it. But, you know, the problem is if you look back, he went 15 games, 16 games, 16 games to start his career. So very solid right off the bat. Banging out 1,000 yards, five consecutive seasons. Then he missed three games, but he was he had a strong start. Then he got a full season. And since then, he's gone 10 games, 16 games, and 9 games. So he's a little erratic. He is the second leading receiver in Bengals history behind Chad Johnson. I think he's about... 1800 yards away. So, if he plays two more years, he's probably going to get there. That means something to me because it is the Bengals. It's not an equivalent playing field. He's not out with Bill Walsh in San Francisco. He's not <laughs> there with Andy Reid and, and the Chiefs right now. Yeah. So, I think he's in. I think any question is eliminated with a big year this year, but I think he's in either way. I just, AJ Green has been a fantastic receiver on a terrible team
2: yeah absolutely and it's it's a shame that he's had to put up with uh, the, the bad team. you hate to see good players like that uh like just struggle through bad rosters. I mean like Calvin Johnson's the worst case of this <laughs> uh, but oh my goodness, just uh yep. just a mess to put up with. but let's move on to another player that I think uh some people for some reason and really actually I asked the question with AJ Green on on Twitter how many people thought that he would make the Hall of Fame and seventy almost seventy percent said no which I I think it's it's just crazy recency bias when uh, he's just kind of just magically coasted to just shy of 10,000 yards already. Even if he does kind of falter and kind of slows down in a big way, I think we've seen exceptions. Like even at the tight end position with like Shannon Sharp, like he didn't have like a perfect end uh, down the stretch to his career and, and, and maintaining the elite levels of production like even some older generation wide receivers kind of phased out and just stuck around and had a few 400, 500 yard seasons. But if the ceiling's high enough and he's close enough uh, to that kind of 10,000 yard mark, I think he's going to get in. Uh, But Mike Evans, I I asked who thought Mike Evans would make it to the hall of fame and almost 60% said, no, I mean, I'm not where you, not sure where you you mentioned you don't like him a ton, but he's just, all he's done is crank out 1200 yard season after 1200 yard season. He's literally averaging 1200 yards per year, throughout his first six seasons he's got like a thousand more yards than uh, anyone else in what the most impressive wide receiver class we've ever seen in the 2014 group uh, a thousand more yards than Odell Beckham a thousand more yards than even Jarvis Landry who's surprising up there on the list what what are your thoughts on Mike Evans because I don't understand the hate for him the
1: hate with Mike Evans is that the peaks and valleys are, are too much the lows are too low and then he has the highs I mean look at last year right? didn't he have two terrible games to start the year and then all of a sudden uh, I remember watching the game with my dad all of a sudden and he's, he's killing fantasy there against the Giants with those big, with the big game there in Tampa Bay. Yeah. So that's the problem with Evans. But his consistency is going to get in. I tend to be against compilers. I want to see greatness. But I do acknowledge that there are compilers that just force their way in. Mike <laughs> Evans is going to have probably 1,000 yards this year again with Tom Brady. So now we're talking about a guy that has 1,000 yards receiving in seven consecutive years to start his career. How is he not getting in? He had two seasons of 12 touchdowns. He's caught over 70 balls four times. So I get it. He's a little feast or famine but he's yeah. established himself as the top guy there. Godwin took it last year, but coming into that, he's been a top player. If you're going to be a compiler, like I think Evans is, people may disagree with me, this is how you compile. Just 1,000 yards after 1,000 yards, he has to get in there. And by the way, he's done it with not, I wouldn't say the world's greatest quarterbacks in the world, but no. a lot of volume. So <laughs> I get it. I do, I agree that Mike Evans is beast or Famine. I am not drafting him on my fantasy teams. But if you look at the numbers, he's got to find a way in.
2: Yeah, I I think so too. And I don't think Godwin's just going to kill his market share to where he just magically disappears anytime soon. And frankly, how long do we think Rob Gronkowski's going to stick around? OJ Howard no, is don't get never... me
1: started on Rob Gronkowski Travis don't <laughs> I think, get me started on Rob I'm gonna Gronkowski. have to, to here shortly people on the tight end five right now I mean come on
2: <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm gonna have to here, here shortly get you uh, aggravated here uh, here soon but I, yeah I think he's just somebody that's already on a ridiculous pace he's gonna just absolutely coast to 10,000 receiving yards and, and beyond uh, I mean he's gonna have to really screw up the dude's still what 27 I think he's uh, besides like Michael Thomas he's currently like on the most ridiculous like fast early pace when you combine like like receptions and yards and his kind of generation of wide receivers uh, exclu- exclusive of you know like Julio Jones so he's done some amazing things I am concerned about his short-term market share this year Godwin with Gronk with you know it's just and Tom Brady being a new piece we don't really know what what that's going to look like I think that there are so many questions with that offense uh, could kill the ceiling for everyone uh but um Won't spend a a ton of time diving into that, but I am, uh, to say the least, uh, concerned for every piece in in maintaining the, the absurd levels of efficiency in which they did Last year, I think his, uh, the uh, in terms of fantasy points like over expectation, like Chris Godwin was like number one or two and Mike Evans was like five or six. like they just both beat the efficiency game by far and I, I don't I think that's probably gonna come back uh, to earth a little bit here uh, in the near future. But another guy in the 2014 class, I did mention Odell Beckham Jr. he's really cooled off, but he's still like top three in yards per game since he's been in the league. What happens or what needs to happen for that guy to get back on track? to make in the Hall of Fame? Because I think if I, I didn't do a poll for him, but I think a lot of people would be like, nah, at this point, like he had that one catch. That's cool. Like that's where we are. I think we're, we're fading him now, but I think now he might actually be a value. Where are, where are you at with him?
1: Well, Odell Beckham is the Don Mattingly of the NFL. I mean, he came on like wildfire. <laughs> he dominated and that's Don perfect. Mattingly is my favorite baseball player. So this is a very sensitive one to me, but Odell Beckham has not done enough to make the Hall of Fame. His last three years have been very mediocre at best. He barely got over 1,000 yards, but under 80 receptions. His first three years were tremendous. He needs another season, Trav, that was like 95 receptions, 1,300 yards, double-digit touchdowns. If he does not get that, I do not think he's getting in. The -the off-the-field stuff makes a difference in the voters' minds. It shouldn't, but it does. Terrell Owens had to wait a long time to get in because of that stuff. Odell Beckham has not been dominant since 2016, and he's been your classic. You want to even say he's like a Frank Gore-esque type of guy because he's getting to 1,000 yards, but do you remember a week last year where you're like, oh, Odell Beckham dominated? So he needs another big year. He started off, he had the most uh, highest yards per per game average of a wide receiver in his rookie year 2014. Then he went 1,300 yards, 1,400 yards, 1,300 yards, 91 receptions, 96, 101, double-digit touchdowns, killing it. But since then, he's dropped off a cliff. I need another season. I need the bounce back. I need the 95. I need the double-digit touchdowns. Otherwise, he's not going to make it.
2: He's got to do something more. And I'm not sure he's going to have the market share in the short term to put up another crazy season like that because of Jarvis Landry, who is right there with him in terms of, like, receptions, yards, like every statistic. It's funny. Like, they were teammates in college. They're teammates now again leeching off of each other's ceiling, and, and, and it sucks. But, like, they're both going to, you know, continue to impress and, and put up, like, you know, a 1,000-yard seasons probably together, even though Austin Hooper's there and is probably going to earn, earn some market share as well but man I, I don't know if he if he it keeps missing the the true top end if he's ever going to get there and obviously if you're like none of these you know if you're listening you're thinking none of these guys are in the hall of fame yet it's not a are they if they quit today uh, are they in are they on pace to be in? And, and what are the factors around them that are going to get them there? I think Austin Hooper might actually hurt both Jarvis Landry and Odo Beckham. Uh, and, and really, Jarvis Landry is another guy who, believe it or not, is averaging over a 1,000 yards per season and has more catches than virtually anybody in NFL history like on a per-game basis besides Michael Thomas. So uh, he's been a monster. But do you think Jarvis Landry could get there, or does he just not have the ceiling?
1: No, I think Jarvis Landry is very much the Mike Evans of this conversation. We talk about the high reception averages. Now, teams pass a lot more now. I understand that. But you can't ignore a guy who has never had less than 81 receptions in his first six seasons. Yeah. And he led the the league. We go back to what's on the plaque, right? Led the league in receptions in 2017 with 112 yards. So, sure, I I could see him having a big year this year in what should be a more conservative run-first offense short to intermediate routes. They want to limit Baker Mayfield making those dangerous turnovers. Absolutely. He could have a 90 reception, 1,100-yard season. That would be his fourth 1,100-receiving-yard season. No, Jarvis Landry is the Mike Evans of receptions. He could absolutely get into the Hall of Fame by accumulating enough receptions. You're like, how do we keep him out? If he ends up Travis with eight hundred receptions in his career, right now he's five (laughs) sixty four. How do we keep him out?
2: Yeah, you you really can't. You really can't. If he maintains it, that's that's what it is. Because he doesn't have the crazy yardage ceiling. He has to keep this up for probably three more years, like three, four more seasons like this good uh, to really make it. Because I mean, what if you don't hit like ten thousand or like around that? Like you just it's not happening unless you really had that crazy, crazy ceiling. So he has to keep doing this for three or four more years, and that's where a lot of these guys are. Are. but michael thomas mentioned him already don't want to spend a whole lot of time michael thomas even though drew Brees is going to be gone here soon how in the world is this guy not already on pace to be in the hall of fame his yards per reception is low his his a dot his average depth of target is low whatever like I, like I don't care if you put up 150 receptions in the nfl and like catch over 90 of the balls that are thrown your way you're doing something right
1: Yeah, I wonder how good he's going to be when Taysom Hill's throwing those passes, right? But (laughs) Let's hope it's not Taysom Hill. Right, Of course, of course. It could be Winston because he's made Evans great. I mean, yeah, that'd be fine. I had an argument on Twitter because I put out my ranks and I put Devontae Adams first this year in PPR formats. A lot of vitriol coming back at me. How do you not have Thomas first? Well, guys, look. He's, it's very hard to lead the, lead the league in receptions three consecutive years. Very few players have done that. Thomas has gone 125, 149. He also led the league in receiving yards last year. That's a super impressive season. I just think Emmanuel Sanders may take a little bit away from him because he's probably the best second fiddle they've had there in a long time. Drew Brees is getting older. You know, I wonder how the offense is going to be. But the guy is a reception machine. If he somehow, Travis, leads the league for three years in her own receptions, he's getting in. How many guys have done that? It's like I went to the Baseball Hall of Fame with my friends years ago, and it was at the time when Greg Maddox was, like, still pitching. We were arguing because Greg Maddox wasn't a very sexy pitcher, right? He would right. nibble here and there. wasn't overpowering. And we're walking downstairs to see the actual Cy Young list. And he goes, you know, enough. Greg Max is in. My friend said to me, "I go, what are you talking about? Greg Max is in the Hall of Fame." And you look, and they list the number of Cy Youngs they've won. And at the time, Maddox was like the second guy on the list. He had won four. He, you know, Thomas is going to have that sort of resume of receptions that you're going to be like, "How do I not put him in there?" Yeah. He's been tremendous. Sure, he's benefited being in, in in New Orleans. And if Jarvis Landry was there, maybe Jarvis Landry would be close to this number. But Thomas is there. He is producing, and he could lead the league in receptions three years in a row. And if he does. I mean, I think he's in, absolutely.
2: Yeah, I, I do worry about Emmanuel Sanders eating into his, his ceiling. I don't think he's going to catch 150 freaking balls right. again. I right. think
1: it's gonna that's be why I like, put Adams first. Yeah, right,
2: exactly. It's probably going to be only like 120 or 125 or right. whatever it is this season. And that's still ridiculous. So I think he'll be fine. He's going to make the Hall of Fame. He's already on a ridiculous pace. A few more guys that I, I just thought were interesting that are, that are currently averaging over 1,000 yards per season when they're healthy. T.Y. Hilton. Sixteenth all time in receiving yards per game. He just had one down year. He could resurge with with the healthy rivers. Are you concerned, uh, Michael, like with Michael Pittman or Paris Campbell really taking his market share this year? I feel like he's the guy that that Rivers is gonna have to is gonna have to trust this year.
1: Yeah. See, this is my no. I'm not. Okay. T. White is not. <laughs> He's not making the Hall of Fame. T.Y. Hilton was not the top receiver on this team when Reggie Wayne was there. So he had the monster 2016 year, 91 receptions, almost 1,500 yards. That's fantastic. But after that, he had he's had injury issues. He only played 10 games last year. So it matters to me, if you're A.J. Green and you're the number one guy on the Bengals, absolutely, for the majority of your career, that's part of the narrative that's going to get you in. I have never thought of T.Y. Hilton He's been a strong receiver. He's been a wide receiver one. But has T.Y. Hilton, in my mind, ever been a top five wide receiver in the NFL in a season? No, I've never thought of him that way. So I'm going to say no to T.Y. Hilton. I'm concerned this year because he does—he is getting older. He's on the wrong side of 30. Yep. I, I love him in a dome. And when I'm filling out my DFS lineups, my wife just walks by and goes, play T.Y. <laughs> Hilton if he's in a dome. That's all she says. I get it. I I cannot put him in as one of the greatest wide receivers of all time. I, I can't. He, he'd have to have... A ton of yardage and reception totals, and I don't think he's there. I yeah. I, I don't see he's him at that, so out. I
2: can't put him in. He did actually lead the league uh, in receiving yards that year. Yep. It, it was yep. 2016, so that's great. He has one season of crazy, like Hall of Fame esque production. I think if he doesn't get there, like up to that echelon again for at least a year or two, it's not going to happen. So it probably isn't going to happen. But just an interesting name because he's up there in in all the stats, like. Almost, almost in that conversation, but he's probably one of the first out. I think another guy that's still in the first out tier, Keenan Allen, 14th all time in receiving yards per game. And he's just missed, you know, the one full season, still kind of young, still pacing pretty well. Not quite there with the upper echelon of like the Evans in terms of, or Hopkins or Michael Thomas in terms of receptions or yards per game quite, but uh, you know, and I think this year could hurt him. I don't know if he gets in just based on the fact he's going to have to put up with Tyrod Taylor or Justin Herbert for the next few years. And then he's going to be 30. Do you see any way he gets in?
1: You know, it's what's amazing too, that I think plays into the minds of the voters is having Uh, a run having a consecutive run you know you had three or four seasons to start the year like odell beckham people remember that now that that luster is starting to come off of there but he can easily easily recapture it and then all of a sudden if if beckham had a huge year this year they would just lump his entire career together the first three that were dynamic in this one keenan allen is the reverse his first year was solid 71 receptions a thousand yards Yep. That's not great, but it was solid. After that, the injuries, only 77 receptions, 700 yards, 67 receptions. 2016 was a lost year. So all of a sudden, you're looking at Keenan Allen's been in the league for four years and has never produced a Hall of Fame season. That no, hurts
2: him. Not, not, that not, does hurt
1: him. Then yeah. after that, bang, he has the year in 2017. That was great. Last year, 104 receptions. That was great. So I think Keenan... If he can get to like 90 receptions with Tyrod, maybe God forbid you get double-digit touchdowns one year, which he never has. That would help him a little bit, but he's not in for me. And I put him even behind T.Y. Hilton right now, who I don't like, because again, the start of his career matters. Momentum matters with the Hall of Fame.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So he has to carry that. He's been averaging 100 100 receptions per year for three years in a row. That's crazy. But still, he has to do a little bit more. So I think he falls short. A couple other guys, Tyreek Hill, somehow averaging 1,000 yards per season despite missing four games last year and being a fifth round pick coming into, into the league as a fifth round pick and still averaging those kind of crazy numbers being the fastest player in all of football now he gets to play with however long he's there with Patrick Mahomes despite the off-field stuff which is pretty bad if we if we believe all of what he's been accused of can he make it like even if he's got some crazy off-field stuff earlier on if he stays clean from here on out and, and his ceiling is crazy with Patrick Mahomes. Do you see him making it?
1: Yeah, right now, I think it's very iffy on him. Let's be sure he's not a gadget guy. Everyone has tried to copy Tyreek Hill. He's had He had the fantastic 2018 season. 2017 was really, really strong as well, but he hasn't been a high reception guy, so he's a big play guy. Now, he's with the right quarterback to be a big play guy, Yeah. but that injury last year knocked him back a little bit. He gets injured again, and by the way, already has a hamstring strain. I could easily see a path where he falls off a cliff. Yeah. So the off-the-field stuff is certainly prevalent as well. He's an exciting player. He's an explosive player. But here's my point. If he doesn't finish the career, Deshaun Jackson's going to have a better chance of getting in than Tyreek Hill. Deshaun Jackson was Tyreek Hill before Tyreek Hill was even here, doing a million things, running back the punt against the Giants, Coughlin's throwing the clipboard in the air. So (laughs) if you're a gadget guy, which is what I mean by that, is not a 110 reception guy. But right now, I could see a path where he does not make it. Yes, I I think he's got to stay healthy. And if he stays healthy, he'll produce.
2: Yeah, Deshaun Jackson is actually low-key like almost top 40 all time in receiving yards so yeah, yeah i think he's he's just done it for so long i think that's a name a lot of people kind of forget as well but tyreek hill he, he does need to get up there with the reception total probably as well i think he could you know if, if travis kelsey starts to slow in a couple of years because he's surprisingly already 30 years old who i don't know who else is going to come alongside a lot of people like miko hardman i don't think he's a high market share guy either right but uh yeah hill has a long way to go obviously he's super young pretty impressive start despite the the black eye that is the off-field stuff for him but Amari Cooper last guy on the list that's been averaging over a thousand yards per season throughout his entire career uh, only one down year for the Raiders Uh, he doesn't have the absolutely crazy bang of a ceiling Uh, but where are you at with him because I I think there's major concerns moving forward with CeeDee Lamb being there and and, uh, Michael Gallup still being there that that his ceiling is going to be incredibly capped still.
1: Yeah, no way Cooper's in right now. And be careful. He's a very polarizing player. You have to realize that we're talking, when you talk about whether you're recommending somebody for fantasy or not, and and you're doing a redraft format, you're talking about margins. Very rarely you're going to say, listen, don't draft this person because they're going to finish as in in a top 10 running back, let's say, they're going to finish as the RB40. Those yeah. players usually do not exist. And it's also very hard to recognize like a Devonta Freeman who ends up leading the league as a running back. So what you're looking for are mismatches. And we talked before, you know, about where DeAndre Hopkins is going and where he can finish up. I'm not saying DeAndre Hopkins is going to be a wide receiver 30. I'm saying if he finishes as the wide receiver 14 and you drafted him as a top five wide receiver, that's a miss. Yeah, Amari, Amari Cooper is the same way. Super productive. But when I, I talked to Jake Sealy about this on the mailbag, the narrative is can he beat those one on one top cornerbacks? He's not doing that on a consistent basis. You have Michael Gallup here. We all put out on social media the picture of them both grabbing the football together, yeah. okay? Which means to me, draft Dak Prescott. CeeDee Lamb is also going to be an issue. Everybody likes Blake Jarwin. Well, folks, it's very rare to have three top receiving targets in an offense unless the offense just totally smashes, which is possible. But I'm worried about Cooper. I do not think he's in the Hall of Fame. No. I think there's a lot of questions about him. He's only hit 80 receptions once. I think he's a really solid NFL player. I think he draws attention away. I think Michael Gallup, if he gets back to his rookie season where he dropped one ball as opposed to last year when he dropped like 10, I think he could be an issue. So I don't think Cooper's in. I like him, but I don't like where he's being drafted. And of course, there's always the injury part with him as well. So yeah. little to feast or famine. You know, you talk about Mike Evans gets a lot of the blame, but Cooper has those bonk weeks as well. I remember really against does. the Jets. <laughs> yeah, against the Jets last year when when they lost the Cowboys. Cooper was, was a non-factor. Then he was injured. So, you know, Cooper has a lot of splash weeks too, but he he has a lot more burst, it looks like, than Evans. You know, and he looks better when he's doing the routes. He's not loping down the, the, the field. So he is not in for me, and he's probably a stay away from me in,
2: in redraft. I mean, it is the Hall of Fame. It's not the Hall of really good or, or just kind Thank of you. <laughs> but a few other guys that we might get to and might creep in the conversation at some point. Uh, Devontae Adams has been killing it in the touchdowns department, but has just averaged. He hasn't killed it on the yardage or the receptions overall consistently. Um, And obviously he had the slow start to his career with, you know, we'll see what happens uh, if he can maintain the elite level of production. I think he's going to this year. You obviously do having him as the wide receiver one this year, but uh, I think he could creep into that conversation and get up to where he's averaging over a thousand yards per season for his career as well. Uh, Brandon cooks, another guy who had a really strong start, but in my opinion, and I believe yours too, has no place being in the hall of fame conversation. Thank uh, you.
1: Thank you. Yeah, Thank so, you. yeah. Uh,
2: he was in a really good class. Uh impressive that he produced on multiple teams. Still a really good player, but he's going to probably never had the, the early career market share that he's ever had. We've probably seen the best of him at this point. Allen Robinson, a guy who's just been the victim of the worst quarterback play of all time and has still averaged over 900 yards per season anyway, could creep into the convo. Uh, and then uh, Stefan Diggs, over 900 yards a season, Juju Smith-Schuster, one down year but could really bounce back. Kenny Galladay and Chris Godwin, all guys that could creep into the Hall of Fame conversation one day, but not quite. And then I do just want to say Julian Edelman is not a Hall of Fame wide receiver. The guy is 191st all-time in receptions or rece- receiving yards per game. Where are you with him?
1: Oh, thank goodness you brought him up. I don't know where this Julian Edelman gets in the Hall of Fame stuff yeah. starts. It's, cr- <laughs> it's What goes on the plaque, guys? He's had 100 receptions twice. He's had a ton of injuries in his career, and I will say this yet again. Edelman has been positively affected by the memory the vividness bias of that catch wes welker has been negatively affected by the vividness bias of a pass that was poorly thrown by tom brady okay wes welker (laughs) has led the league in receptions three times 112 123 122 oh by the way he's had over a hundred yards 100 receptions, five times in his career. So five times over 100 receptions, led the league three times, and he ended up having five seasons of 1,100-plus receiving yards. The idea that Julian Edelman should get in over Wes Welker is absolutely (laughs) ridiculous. It's nonsense. But Welker in Patriot fans' eyes, because he didn't catch that ball, that's his fault. Forget it. (laughs) I'll put Welker in ahead of Edelman. You're not going to put either one of them in, I guess, but do not put Julian Edelman ahead of Wes Welker because of one catch. We're going to put no David way. Tyree in also?
2: yeah, definitely not. So, <laughs> well, hey, before we move on and talk about some quarterbacks and tight ends real quick and wrap it up with some running backs, just a word from our sponsors. From tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging, to simply making it through each busy day, everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore. So everyone can benefit from 1 CBD products. Started by Dr. Jason Worsland, There. Body exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. It started with the revolutionary Theragun percussive therapy device when Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments. He created TheraOne to bring you CBD products done right. A lot of CBD products claim organic but still contain up to 30% filler and these fillers are potentially toxic. TheraOne tests their products four times before they get to you. Every product is USDA certified organic grown in the U.S. and they're cbd extracts are the highest quality available anywhere use thera one's warming lotion in your morning routine the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover body balm for targeted relief and sleep tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep and now through labor day monday september 7th Therawon one is offering our listeners a buy one get one free for all Therawon products but you've got to go to theragun.com slash blue wire if you don't if you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. This is not something Thera One is likely to do. Again, buy one, get one free at theragun.com bluewire, but only until Labor Day. Go right now to theragun.com bluewire. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL with NFL NFLSundayTicket.tv. You can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. All right, so we spent a lot of time on the wide receivers. they are just in, in today's NFL, pass happy NFL. There are so many wide receivers just breaking what we thought was possible even ten years ago, and that's uh, part partly because we've had probably the best generation of quarterback play as well, putting up like sixty thousand yards. Like it's just going to be nuts. The the bar keeps moving for how we assess you know what quarterbacks make it to the Hall of Fame obviously current guys that are going to make it drew Brees, no-brainer tom brady no-brainer we could spend a little time on eli manning if you want but the two super bowls are probably going to push him over the top i i think you know aaron Rodgers is a no-brainer even though he had the incredibly late start uh his ceiling was just too incredible uh to to really avoid but the guys alongside eli manning like big ben philip and philip rivers like do you think all three of those players make it into the hall of fame just because of the ridiculous totals that they put up in their career.
1: Let's go one by one on this, if you don't mind. Let's okay. Big Ben is, first. Big ben is in. Okay. Big Ben is in. You win multiple Super Bowls, even though people forget, man, that that first Super Bowl he was not great in. I, no. I love when pe- people talk about Tom Brady. He wasn't great in his first Super Bowl either, but when you win multiple Super Bowls as a quarterback, you're going to get in. I believe the only player I can think of quarterback that didn't get in with multiple Super Bowls is Jim Plunkett. Is that possible?
2: Yeah, and that was just because it was like he did it in a backup reserve role twice. Yes, like, yes, so. yeah.
1: Eli Manning is going to get in. And, and here's why. I, I'm out here in on the East Coast, so this becomes a hot topic. Eli Manning is not a Hall of Fame regular season quarterback. He's not. The interceptions are very high. But there is something to be said for performing great in the postseason. It's very difficult. I've, I've argued this with people about LeBron James and Michael Jordan. The biggest difference is Michael Jordan closes games with scoring. LeBron James' greatest play at the end was a block. Okay, He's not a great late-game scorer. Eli Manning was fantastic. He had two Super Bowl wins over the preeminent dynasty that existed in our era, the New England Patriots. And oh, by the way, one of them was one of the greatest upsets of all time, either one or two, however you want to look at it. That matters. Performing in the clutch matters. I wouldn't do it without a decent amount of regular season production. You know, Robert Ory in the NBA has seven rings, big, big shot Bob in the postseason. So I wouldn't just put him in, but he's done enough. Trav in the regular season that he gets in. And listen, if you're going to have two rings and you're going to be the quarterback of that team and you're going to be Bill Belichick twice, that goes on the plaque. That's yeah, us. So it whether does. you would take him in a regular season game in Miami in November doesn't matter. <laughs> what matters yeah. is he has had an accomplished career.
2: Absolutely. Philip Rivers, though, he hasn't got the Super Bowls, but he's been more impressive in the regular season and consistently so than Eli Manning and Big Ben. What what are your thoughts with him?
1: I'm not going to put Philip Rivers in, oh, and here's man. and here's why. Philip Rivers is a great NFL quarterback, but to me, he's not one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He's led the league in passing yards once. He's led the league in attempts once. He's had a ton of interceptions, a lot of high interception year, 2021 20, 1820 In many ways, man, he's like Eli without the rings. <laughs> there really is a lot, but oh, he's man. passed for a lot of yards. He's never had a 30-point fantasy game or something like that. It is his Just, career out that should, but for he, our purposes, it he's matters. Not a,
2: he's not had like a Mac, Mike Vick game, and, and that's partly because right, he exactly. looks ridiculous when I, he runs. But. <laughs> to
1: me, he is the classic really good NFL quarterback, really strong. I don't think he's one of the elites. I can't put him up there with, and I get it. He's a much bigger, better regular season quarterback than Eli Manning. 100% there's no debate, but the problem is he doesn't have enough stuff for me. What's going to go on the plaque? He was a really good quarterback for the Chargers for a lot of years.
2: Yeah. I, I don't really, know what else to put up if there. If he was a, like the quarterback for any other team even, like I think that would help that's,
1: him too. <laughs> so, to- that's totally true. I, if I he think- was on the Giants and they didn't make that trade, yeah. he probably is in, right? Uh, but yeah. I... He's a victim. It's not. We can't go back and just say, "Well, if he went on another team, because we don't know that." Like, we can't take away that Eli did beat the Patriots twice because he did. And in the same way, I can't put Philip Rivers in. I know that's a minority thought, but I I just can't. I don't know what I would put on the plaque. He's got I think eight kids. somebody. I, I, think I, don't what look
2: what look I don't know. They're gonna look through. They're going to look back through rose-colored glasses and see all the ridiculous numbers that he did. Yes, and, I agree. And he and will I, get I in. He, yes. he will get in, even though, even if he doesn't deserve it. He's he's going to somebody's going to call him this, uh, this generation's Dan Marino because because yeah, as somebody's going to do it. But Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford, those two. I'm just curious on your thoughts there because they're also going to be they're going to pass up in terms of raw stats all three of the guys we just mentioned. So
1: Staff, Stafford's not in yet for me. Remember he used to be if he can only stay healthy Matt Stafford now he has yeah. uh, except for last year of course but he's not in, see that's the same thing. Matt Stafford is not one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time to and me he whether his
2: games. Like the old hats love the wins, right? So <laughs>
1: yes, the wins and, and Matt Ryan, he does have an NFL MVP, that means something man cuz not a lot of quarterbacks get MVPs. That I mean, the letter not in the the Hall of Fame. That matters. I think Matt Ryan's going to get in. I think Matt Ryan is what Philip Rivers wants to be, a compiler but he's got a few more things than Rivers has. So I think yeah. Matt Ryan gets in. Yes. Yeah. And I'm not saying that he's a much better quarterback than Philip Rivers at all. But if you look at the resume, do I think the voters will put him in? Yeah, I think they'll put all the guys in we just talked about. Yeah. But I think Matt Ryan deserves to get in. That MVP matters. It's a big deal.
2: I think it does, too. And really, I asked Twitter. Uh, uh, Twitter doesn't think that Rivers is going to get in. But more people thought Rivers would get in than, than Matt Ryan. Six, over 60% don't think Matt Ryan's going to get in. He had the MVP. He made it to a Super Bowl and should have won. Obviously, a lot of people are going to think of the 28-3 loss and knock him for that. But, man, he's he's... When you look at his overall resume, he's going to have enough to get in. Russell Wilson, I think, obviously is going to get there. Already has a Super Bowl, ha- has been just dominant. and is still like thirty-one years old. Patrick Mahomes, obviously, already the greatest of all time, so he's going to get in.
1: <laughs> I yeah, I, you know what? You know what's funny? I've got his argument too, man. Listen, if Patrick Mahomes breaks his leg tomorrow and never plays again, he's not better than Peyton Manning. He's no, Not better yeah, than Tom right. Brady. But yes, considering what he's done, no one has had a better start to their NFL career as a quarterback. Yeah. Than
2: Patrick Mahomes last quarterback because there are a bunch of we could bunch we could dive into but Cam Newton do you think he he has a career resurgence in New England and people are like oh wow he, he's actually you know measuring up in the numbers he's you know already had the most ridiculous rushing profile ever and he's been an adequate passer had an MVP made it to the Super Bowl loss but do you put him in because 67% of the people that I asked on Twitter said no
1: I think Cam Newton is really close he does have the mvp which matters he hasn't had the regular season consistency because of injuries and remember i said the consistency right remember the start of the career with odell that was Cam's start now if cam had a big year this year he's a lock i think this year is a huge year for him if he leads the patriots to an 11 and 5 record they win a couple playoff games they get to the afc championship Yeah, he's in. He's in. That's going to make a difference because people have forgotten just how good Cam Newton was. Before that injury in 2018, Cam Newton was killing it as a fantasy quarterback. So I think this is a big year for Cam, but he's right there. He's like Matt Ryan's profile without the longevity and consistency
2: because of the injuries. Let's go over to tight end. Only active tight end right now that's probably already in the already in, no matter what you say, locked in category is Jason Witten. We don't really need to break down him that much. He's already done a lot, even though he was a, a compiler for a long time. He's just too far up the boards for me. Like, is that an RDN for you? Yeah, Jason
1: Witten is a guy I've argued a lot about, but he's another one of these guys who's compiled and he's done, he's, a tight end is different because the impact, you know, your tight ends are not getting MVPs, right, Trav? They're no. not getting, yeah. they're not leading the league in receptions. But he's a guy who has been really solid. He's been one of the top tight ends in football for most of his career. He's going to get in. Do I think we put him in? No, I'm a hard mark. I wouldn't put him in mine. I don't put him next to the Travis Kelseys. I don't put him next to Kellen Winslow. I don't put him next to Gronkowski. I don't put him in in that sort of level. But he's going to get in, absolutely
2: where he is in terms of just raw stats it's just there's almost nobody almost nobody over him so it's kind of hard to knock it fringe guys that i just they really have to have some weird late resurgence probably like greg olson like he's almost up to the shannon sharp line like he needs like another probably two more decent years to like get up to the shannon sharp minimal like line of of making it as a tight end do you see him doing that and now that he's with the seahawks
1: if you're asking me if Greg Olson is going to end up being in the Hall of Fame, the answer is yes. Greg Olson really? is going to get in there because okay. they they will they will put him in, and he's of the same ilk to me as Jason Witten. I think it's the same type of guy. He's had a lot of high reception years: 73, 84, 77, 80. That's a big run. He was one of the best tight ends in football. Maybe Witten's been a little bit better to a certain extent. But again, tight ends a hard mark. Greg Olson is going to get in the Hall of Fame. I, I'm pretty confident on that.
2: Okay, what about Jimmy Graham then?
1: I uh, see Jimmy Graham. I don't put in. I think Jimmy Graham had that one season where he had what the 16, 18 touchdowns, whatever yeah, it was. Like 1300. I remember writing like, about. Yeah, yeah, I remember writing next year about how he should not be taken in the first round. People are, are killing me on that. I'm like, guys, if you're going to take in your traditional leagues, not a, a tight end premium, a one position starter. Like a Jimmy Graham or yeah. a quarterback, they have to smash. And sure enough, he didn't smash. Jimmy Graham after he left New Orleans was not great. So I don't put Jimmy Graham in. No, and I don't think he's going to get in.
2: Yeah. You mentioned, though, Travis Kelsey. Do you think if Travis Kelsey was done today that he'd be in, like just on a per game, like ridiculous, like window of production basis? Or do you think uh, he probably still needs three or four more decent years? Because it's like his overall stats, like, don't ma- They don't measure up yet. Like, he needs, in terms of just raw numbers, like, he needs some help there.
1: He's tethered to the right quarterback. He's had a run here, I'd say, what do you have since 2015? He's had 70 more receptions. He's had 83 or more receptions four years in a row. Yeah. He's had four consecutive years of 1,000 yards receiving. And oh, by the way, he got the Super Bowl. I think Travis Kelsey's getting in. I do too. I I think even
2: if it was today, he would.
1: I think he gets in even if it's today. Yeah, because he ends his career. I mean, Travis Kelsey has been a top two or three tight end in football for the last four years. And I think a tight end, that's good enough.
2: Yeah, and he's been a part of just this this redefining of what a tight end is in the NFL. And everyone associates what the modern NFL tight end is with him, Rob Gronkowski. Yep. And, and that's like that's the list. Like like in George Kittle, maybe. And it's funny, I asked just to be funny, like, do we think George Kittle's going to make the Hall of Fame? Almost 80% of people are already like, yep, George Kittle, Hall of Fame. Vividness
1: bias, man. Vividness <laughs> bias. They see it. They also see, by the way, the target share. That could be like 180 targets oh, this I know. year in that offense.
2: Oh, yeah. So, I mean, he's going to continue and he's already on the, the the fastest pace of any tight end in NFL history, actually like more impressive than even early Gronk. Like he's already almost up to like a thousand yards per season. So if he continues in any way like this for like three or four years, he could call it quits at like 27 and make it like he's that he's, he's on that kind of pace. But let's, let's talk about Gronk just for a second to wrap up the tight end conversation. Where are you with him and making the hall of fame?
1: Oh, Gronk's a legend. Rob Gronkowski because I don't like him this year and I think he's getting overdrafted he's the best tight end I've ever seen he blocks that's going to matter to the voters right the same guys I mean how do we assess yeah. offensive defensive linemen it's hard to do that unless you get sacks or pancakes right yeah. but to the guys who know is a superior receiver fantastic receiving tight end game changer has had big plays has won Super Bowls is a great blocker absolutely in smash absolutely yeah and
2: if it weren't for the health he would have the most ridiculous stat line of any, any yes. tight end ever obviously when you just look at his raw numbers like in the modern era of tight ends he's actually going to have the lowest of any of the the ones that we probably think are going to get into the the hall of fame unless he just absolutely kills it this year with like 1200 yards or something weird but let's go over to running back and kind of wrap the show up with that position frank gore I asked Twitter uh, who if Frank Gore was going to make the Hall of Fame. 83% said yes. Only 17% said no. I'm glad to hear it because 12 seasons straight with 1,200 yards from scrimmage. He has a 2,000-yard t- season in terms of yards from scrimmage way back in his second season. Third in rushing yards all time. Fourth in yards from scrimmage all time. And he did it like on one less season than Marcus Allen, who's already in the Hall of Fame. And it, so it's just, I, I don't know. Uh, there, there's no way, like in, in terms of he's he's been really good for a long time, uh, and and even though he hasn't had the ceiling since he before he broke his pelvis, he's just been so good for so long. How in the world could anyone ever keep Frank Gore out of the Hall of Fame?
1: Uh, he's gonna get in. He's a slam. He's a slam to get in. I would not put him in. See, here's my issue. Frank Gore to me has never been one of the best running backs in the NFL. He's you just said it perfectly. Really good production year after year, but. Is he going to get in the Hall of Fame the way it's constructed right now? Absolutely, 100%. Look at his rushing yards, 1,600, 1,100, 1,000, 1,100, 1,200, 1,200, 1,100. That to me, 1,000 a, a yards is, is not what it used to be. What is it, 67 yards per, per game? Is he going to get in? Yes, he's going to get in because in the current construct of the Hall of Fame, really good for a long period of time is equivalent to great for a short period of time. I love Frank Gore. Who doesn't like Frank Gore? Yeah. like the, the, Everybody loves him. <laughs> Do I think at in the middle of like the 2012 season, I thought Frank Gore was one of the best running backs in the NFL? No, I, I never did. That's why I don't put him in. But is he going to get in the Hall of Fame? 100% is.
2: I think if you ask people like in 2005, 2006, you'd have a different answer. It's just funny. Oh, that yeah. We can, we can yeah. go that far back and, and ask the question because yeah. he's been in the league longer than virtually everybody. Like he's got a son that's about to go into college. Like if he really just. Yes. Cranks it out and, and works hard for the next three years. He could be on the same team as his so son. Funny. So funny!
1: It's true though. So, like it's true. It's That's be one of those things on Twitter. Like Frank Gore is it's like they have the Russell Wilson thing now. Russell Wilson, yeah. you know, uh, you know, has two pairs of glasses when he
2: reads or whatever because he's, yeah. right. he's
1: he's very conservative. <laughs> Frank Gore is like if you said Frank Gore's kid is actually older than him, people would believe it.
2: Yeah, they, they definitely would. But Adrian Peterson, another guy, the obvious RDN category, just based on what he's done, you know, six 1,600-yard seasons, has a 2,000-yard season, four-time All-Pro. It'll be interesting to see if he, you know, uh, really holds on to the job one more year and has one great year. Do you think that's in the cards, given that Geis is gone now and Antonio Gibson's very unproven? Bryce Love, what is he going to be? Like, do you think he could actually provide us some value for fantasy this year?
1: I don't think so. They love they love Gibson. They're playing him all over the place. Yeah. I mean, AP of course is getting in. Just a dominant performer across the board. You know, not to mention the MVP. But I, yeah, I think he's limited. I, I think he's very much like Frank Gore was last year in Buffalo. At point, yeah. No, I, I don't think so. I think they're going to use other ways. But he could be the goal line back. Um, it's yeah. just amazing. Guy's a physical specimen.
2: Won't spend a whole lot of time there. We've talked about Antonio Gibson here recently on the pod as well. But moving on to some other guys that definitely don't have it locked up just yet. It's funny to me like when we talk about you know recency bias affecting everything, and it really does in just a ridiculous way because Le'Veon Bell is actually to this day still third all-time in yards from scrimmage per game behind only Jim Brown and one other player that we'll get to here shortly. He's already got nearly 10,000 yards from scrimmage which is already like 123rd all-time. And so with just 1,100 yards this year, which would be his worst, I think, besides just one season early on in his career, he'll actually pass up guys like Jamal Charles, D'Angelo Williams, Earl Campbell, Terry Allen, Brian Westbrook. Like, he's up there. Like, he's already, he's already way up there. Like, he would have to really screw up to not hit 12,000 yards from scrimmage, maybe even like closer to 13. Like, he could just kind of coast, even though he's kind of quote-unquote old as a running back. Uh, Do you think he has enough surrounding him that he could work up into that conversation?
1: I I don't think so. I've always been critical of Le'Veon Bell, to be honest, because... I always thought Le'Veon Bell was a product of the system. You yeah. know, he was always hesitant. He always took his time behind the line, right? Great vision. That's what Le'Veon Bell was. Mm-hmm. And I just always used to say when he leaves the Steelers, it's gonna go straight downhill. I don't think that Le'Veon Bell is gonna be a Hall of Famer. I don't. I don't see it happening. And I just don't see him getting the trot the run from Adam Gaze either. So I was not a big Le'Veon fan when he was at Pittsburgh. I thought he was a product of the system. I always thought James Conner could be just as good. I got laughed off the the, the conversations for that. But no, I don't think he's in. I think he needs a lot more production to make the Hall of Fame.
2: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens because he's already at like 9,200. Man, I I think he could accidentally, like if he just sticks around for two or three more years, have like the best resume to ever not make it in. Just because like when you look at it, just from a, a balanced modern NFL production basis, like he's got 280 reception seasons. Two over 65. Like, it's just, it's crazy to what he's done uh, as far as a receiver and to what he's done as a, as a runner hasn't been the most efficient back, especially last year. But, man, it, it will be a shame if he absolutely just tanks and, and goes nowhere anymore because he was so, so good in that stretch with the Steelers. Uh, but moving on to another guy, Todd Gurley, is actually currently averaging 1,500 yards from scrimmage per season we want to knock him for like a one one down year but he already has a 2,000 yard season on his resume he's got two all pro seasons on his resume he's already cracked the top 250 all-time in yards from scrimmage and he's only 26 yes there are questions about his knees but do you think he could stick around long enough to make it to the hall of fame
1: no I don't say it I think Todd Gurley is going down precipitously. I'm very careful with him this year in redraft. I think you're looking at a touchdown or bust type of guy. There's already reports in the preseason that his knee is bothering him. I just don't think he has enough. I think he had a dynamic career. He came on after the injury concerns, had a great rookie season. Then 2017 had the huge bounce back after 2016. 2018 was solid as well. I don't see it. I just don't think he's going to have the longevity.
2: Yeah, I think that's the concern with him is longevity. But man, what he's done in just a ridiculously narrow window. Of production is crazy. He might have one of the the highest ceilings of, of production in NFL history to to not make it if he does drop precipitously like you mentioned. But man, if he sticks around for maybe three more decent seasons, it's going to be hard to turn down his resume. But Ezekiel Elliott somehow he's actually still underrated. Uh, I, I think when he came out he was overrated, but what he's done since he's been in is just insane. Not only in as a rusher, but in the past two seasons. As a pass catcher too, he's he's second all time, like second all time yards from scrimmage per game, less than point .1 yards per game behind the only man to be ahead of him in, in yards yards from scrimmage per game, which is Jim Brown. And he's still just twenty five, putting up crazy numbers. Next year he'll be up in that Todd Gurley territory already in terms of overall like yards for his career. And he was drafted in twenty sixteen. Like, is he a player that you you see maintaining this level of excellence and making it to the Hall of Fame?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, you couldn't... Great company there with Jim Brown. You can't have a better start to a career than he has. He's led the league in in rushing twice, which, by the way, in and of itself, is something that goes on the plaque, right? Right. NFL best rusher two years. And then yards per game, three consecutive years to start the career per scrimmage uh, as a running back. So... Yeah, he's had a great career. I think he's in a great system. He's a product of a great system. He's very reminiscent of me, Travis, of Emmett Smith. I, I remember Emmett Smith. He was not one of the most physically gifted Barry Sanders-esque right, yeah. sort of – You know Earl Campbell bulldozer guys, but you know what? He produced. Ezekiel Elliott is very much of that ilk, and he's had a fantastic career. He's well on his way, definitely.
2: Absolutely. I I think, I mean, in in the way that he stayed healthy, let's just knock on wood here for him here, but let's just hope he maintains that level of health and excellence as both a rusher and a receiver. Uh, And if anybody's going to get on that uh, beating Emmitt Smith pace, it looks like it could be Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, But uh, moving on to the last couple, three guys that are younger and obviously they've got a ton to do before they're even really in the conversation. But already, you know, you got Christian McCaffrey up to almost 5,500 yards from scrimmage in three years. Uh, He's averaging over 1,800 yards from scrimmage per season. He already has a 2,300 yards from scrimmage season on his resume. Still only 24, he would be the ultimate like Gail Sayers type. Like, if he had two or three more years of ridiculous top end, almost 2,000 yards from scrimmage production, and then had something happen, like, I feel like he could, at age 26 or 27, leave the league and he would go in.
1: Oh yeah, McCaffrey's not there yet, but he's close. I mean, he's had a he's redefining the position, right? He's basically saying I can be your lead wide receiver or your second best wide receiver and your star running back. Phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, he's well on his way if he if he stopped right now, of course not in only 3 years, but well on his way, man, with the total yards. I mean, a cut of the Marshall Falk type of of mold is what he is.
2: Absolutely. Another guy that's that is in that way, but maybe not to the same level as Alvin Kamara still averaging 1500 yards from scrimmage per year, even with a down year, I guess you could call it last year, still only 25, still has a long way to go. Don't want to, He's definitely not in the same stratosphere as, as, as uh, McCaffrey is, but in that same kind of mold, I think as we see the NFL continue to change, those two backs could actually both stick around for a long time and get there.
1: Yeah, I've had a lot of conversations recently with people bashing Alvin Kamara. Like, oh, are we still <laughs> going to fall for that again, guys? Three hundred and two targets, two hundred and forty three receptions, and oh by the way, thirty seven touchdowns in three seasons. Yeah, think uh, about those numbers. Running like, back. What's the problem, yeah. guys? Does he have to have a thousand yards rushing? Is that the new thing? So you'd rather have Frank Gore than him? Is that what we're talking about here? Three hundred and two <laughs> yeah. targets in three years.
2: I don't, I don't get it. I don't get the hate. So it's just, it's nonsensical. But another guy moving on, Saquon. Se- and Saquon Barkley, seventeen hundred yards for, from the scrimmage so far on average, and he's already got a two thousand yard season to his name. I, we never talk about players this early. He's been in the league two seasons, but he's already putting up the most ridiculous start to a career we we may have ever seen. Besides, like uh, guys that we've already mentioned, like Chris McCaffrey and Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, if he has another like seventeen hundred yard, two thousand yard type effort this year, even with, even despite one of the Worst offensive lines in football, still, uh, by many measures. What What does that say about Barkley? Because I, I feel like he's already like he he could you know three more years, and he's another Christian McCaffrey type that could be in that conversation, even if he had his career ended early.
1: Yeah, Saquon is my overall RB one. I have him ahead of McCaffrey. I follow the Evan Silva school of thought, which is no running back as repeated as the top PPR fantasy back since Priest Holmes back in 2002-2003 so you can't tell me that McCaffrey is likely to do it you can say he's going to do it but you can't say he's likely I have Saquon Barkley first he's now got Jason Garrett the Clapper he's going to be there (laughs) running the ball like he did with Ezekiel Elliott in Dallas as the offensive coordinator so I love Saquon he's been fantastic last year even though he got injured he comes back from the high ankle sprain way quick that was like Adrian Peterson when he recovered from the ACL injury so I'm all about Saquon he could be one of the best ever when all said and done
2: yeah, and last year, I think one thing that people don't take into account as much is they, they had, I think, probably uh, fourteen or 1,500 wide receivers actually go down with injury uh, at some point <laughs> throughout the year. Uh, so he was just facing some nasty boxes all the time. People knew what they were going to do. So I, I, I want to see him healthy. I want to see another 2,000 plus from him because he can do it. One more final comparison here because I asked Twitter between LaShawn McCoy and Marshawn Lynch asked if people thought that, you know, if either one would make the Hall of Fame. 78% of people said LaShawn McCoy would not make the Hall of Fame. 52% actually said Marshawn Lynch would. But when you actually put the resumes right next to each other, uh, LaShawn McCoy has 2,000 more yards from scrimmage than Lynch, and he's done it on two fewer seasons. So it's interesting just you got the personality of Lynch, and he's got a Super Bowl, you know. and, And so, like, do you think he really gets the nod over McCoy, even though McCoy... I mean, he's got more yards from scrimmage than guys like Jim Brown, Franco Harris, OJ Simpson already. And, and so like with just 244 yards from scrimmage this year, he'll actually pass Jerome the bus Bettis on one less season. He'll be one of the greatest ever. Do you see either of those or both making it? They're both going to
1: get in. I put Marshawn's career ahead of McCoy's because he had the big play moments. He did. And that, that rumble when they were seven and nine against the Saints, that video makes a difference. Lynch was a big time player. He did well in the playoffs. The Super Bowl matters. They're both going to get in because LaShawn McCoy was definitely one of the best running backs of his era. There's no doubt about it. But yes, I think that that the the narrative on the plaque. With Marshawn is more robust than it is with LaShawn McCoy. Again, I don't want to hear about compilers. It just doesn't stand out to me. So if you ask me in my mind who I remember more, it's Marshawn Lynch because of those big moments. But yes, I think they're both getting in.
2: And I think a lot of people don't think that McCoy will because they're just thinking about his Buffalo years and his Chiefs years. And it's like the dude was a monster for so long. Like he was, and his ceiling was so high. Uh, so I think he's just he's a no brainer to me. And it's funny. I think he's going to actually keep Keyshawn Vaughn uh, off the field like early on this year. I mean, they're already talking about Keyshawn Vaughn only perhaps week one being a kick returner. Beat writers were asking questions of Bruce Arians. What is Keyshawn Vaughn's role? And he, and the answer was, well, he's maybe going to be a kick returner uh, in week one. And we'll see from there. And so I, I'm not I'm not going to dive into the, the, the can of worms that is Keyshawn Vaughn's ceiling. But I think early on, McCoy is going to have a role on this offense and could pad the stats at least for one more year. So I think he definitely gets in. I think they both get on. like Marshawn Lynch, just on that one run alone, which is probably the best run I've ever seen ever against the Saints in that, that run. So can't say enough about either one of those players. But man, this has been a blast, like just diving into all these players, their, their Hall of Fame resumes, Some even some young guys that I think are just changing the game at their position. But Mike, before we kind of sign off and wrap things up, you want to kind of plug anything that, that you're excited about, uh, things that you're working on and, and doing right now? No,
1: I just got a lot going on. Thanks for having me, Trav. This is great. It's just a great time. It flies by because these are passionate arguments, Hall of Fame sports. And it's just great to be talking about sports again. No, his Mailbag, folks. You, you hear it here. So many great people like Travis as well with the with the content that we're putting out. So, absolutely there. Love it. I do my picks and a lot of write ups for the Action Network. I'll be doing game previews this year as well. So And then uh, Roto Underworld Draft Kit, I worked on that, did some of the videos. So, across the board, I just love it. It's a great time of year. So happy the NFL's back. And it was a pleasure, man. Thanks for having me on.
2: Yeah. glad to and listeners if you want to check out any of the cool rotoviz tools that we have going on here like the projections tool mike mentioned earlier in the show you can go to rotoviz.com we've got tons of tools that can help you win your fantasy football leagues if you just go to rotoviz.com go to checkout and apply the 2020 rv radio at checkout you get 10 percent off a one-year rotoviz subscription please do remember to leave a rate and review and, and put a question in your review so we can get that on the show. But uh, thanks again for listening. It's just uh, been a blast. Only nine episodes in uh, podcast has been well received. Looking forward to many episodes of the College to Canton podcast. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is back in action, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24 7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven time NBA champ Robert Ory. See what they had to say on what it will be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Pandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts.
0: Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.